My name is Alice Bear, and my family and I have been attending Sailorville Church for almost 20 years. I have been married to my amazing husband, Mike, for 26 years, and we have three handsome boys. Luke is 21, Jacob is 18, and Mark is 14. I surrendered my life to Christ 20 years ago. My life before my salvation could be easily described by Romans 1, 21 through 25. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Every aspect of my life before Christ was focused on self. You see, I knew who God was, but I didn't care to truly know God. If you would have asked me at that time what I believed about God and about heaven, I would have told you, you just need to be a good person. Do things that are morally right, don't do anything illegal, and God will accept you. My time, thoughts, and talents were all spent on elevating self. God allowed me to pursue my lustful desires and build my own personal kingdom. Yet nothing ever satisfied. My pursuits were worthless. My choices were taking me down a destructive path. And I was blind to the good things that God had for me. A loving husband, our first son, and a nice home. But God in his mercy, began to open my eyes to the truth of the Bible, and on November 21st of 2002, I asked God to take control of my life. It was then that I finally heard and understood the gospel and knew that salvation was not about anything that I could do, but it was all about what God had already done. No matter how good I was in my own eyes, I could never be good enough to stand blameless before a holy and perfect God. The Bible is clear in this truth that you won't earn heaven by just being a good person. It is only through faith in Jesus's perfect life, sacrificial death on the cross, and glorious resurrection, which will be declared righteous in God's eyes. By faith, not by works. And this is stated in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The past two years have been a time of trial and growth for my family. Two of my boys have experienced a period of starvation in their lives. One more or less by choice and the other is a result of a chronic medical condition. In the spring of 2021, my husband and I began to notice that our middle son, Jacob, was starting to look thin. He was exercising excessively, and he was becoming very particular about what he ate and how much he ate. 
After confronting our son about his behavior, we soon realized that he had developed an eating disorder and was also struggling with depression. The months that followed were some of the darkest and most isolating times I have ever experienced. Our family was under a severe spiritual attack, and we had a decision. Do we lean into God and to each other, or do we allow this trial to tear us apart? I would love to stand up here right now and tell you how wonderful I did in that trial, how I persevered, but that would be a lie. <laughs> Instead, though, let me tell you how God used that time to remove some of the impurities in my life. The chaos of that summer exposed the idol of control, thinking that I had control over my own life and the lives of my children, and also the idol of image. You see, I viewed our family as a, as a picture-perfect Christian family. My husband and I have a strong marriage, and our kids are all walking with the Lord. I became prideful. I wanted people to look at us and think, oh, you've done a good job raising your kids. Look at them. As we walked that trial with our son, it was very immediate to me that I knew that I had zero control. There was nothing that I could do to make my son Jacob eat or to encourage him to go on the path of recovery. The only thing that I could do was pray and trust God. The idol of image was also threatened that summer as I watched Jacob wrestle with God. He was questioning if God was even real. And he was uncertain of what he believed. I struggled to praise God in that storm because my hope was built on things of this world and my joy was dependent on my circumstances. I'm grateful to stand here today and let you know that Jacob is weight restored and over one year recovered. He's at College of California and he loves the Lord. He comes home in two weeks. I'm so excited to see him. <laughs> but even more so, I'm grateful to stand here and tell you that God used that trial. I'm grateful for that trial because God used it to expose in my life the things that I had put as first place above him. I've repented of those idols and now have a deeper relationship with God. As I mentioned earlier, I've had two sons who have experienced starvation. In June of this year, just one year after Jacob's diagnosis, we noticed that our youngest son was also looking particularly thin. We were concerned, but he was eating a lot. <laughs> I reasoned that his thinness was a result of his increase in height, and eventually he'd fill out. Upon returning from summer camp in July, Mark came home sick. Every year, they come home sick. It's just the way camp is. After a couple weeks of continued sickness, we decided to take Mark to the doctor. After our visit, the nurse called me up and told me that Mark had lost eight pounds um, in less than a year. And based on our family history, they were concerned. As you can imagine, 
hearing that yet another child of mine was losing weight when they should have been gaining was devastating. I went home that afternoon. I went to my room. I dropped to my knees and I wept. I begged God to not allow us to have another medical trial in our family. I was not ready to walk that road again. After praying for many minutes and through tears, and remembering how God had just shown me the idol of control the previous year, I knew that I needed to surrender the situation to him. And so I prayed, God, not my will, but yours. If we are to walk a medical trial with Mark, then just give me the strength to endure it. After a couple more weeks of worsening sickness for Mark, a couple trips to urgent care, and a myriad of blood tests, I received a phone call from the doctor telling us to take Mark to the emergency room immediately. He was now under 100 pounds, over a 20-pound weight loss from the previous year, and he had a blood sugar level over 800. He was quickly admitted to the hospital and put in the ICU and given IVs. He was severely dehydrated, and they were giving him insulin to get his glucose levels back into normal ranges. That evening, they diagnosed him as a type 1 diabetic. There are so many things that I could share with you about this recent development in our family. I could talk about the roller coaster of emotions that we've experienced or the grief. I could tell you about the overwhelm of learning a new lifestyle, counting carbs, and giving insulin. But that would be focusing on the negative. While we were in the hospital, Jared Leonard texted Romans 8.28 to Mike and I. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So instead, let me tell you how we are seeing God use this trial for good. While we were in the hospital, our oldest son, Luke, had already gone back to college. He sent his youngest brother the most encouraging video message I think I've ever seen. He encouraged Mark to lean into God, to not grow bitter or angry, but to know that God could use this as a way to bring others to himself. God is using this trial for good by teaching my oldest son, who is preparing to step into full-time ministry, how to be compassionate, to shepherd others, and to point them to Christ in difficult times. Our middle son, Jacob, who struggled with anorexia just a year before, saw Mark at his thinnest, and it scared him. That was him a year prior, and it could have been him in the hospital. God is using this trial for good by giving my middle son a new perspective on starvation, and Lord willing, that will keep him on the road to recovery. As for Mark, we have watched him from day one accept this new lifestyle and take full responsibility. His maturity is a testimony to God's work in his life. 
if you were to ask Mark what God has been teaching him over the last several months, is it, it is to have confidence in God. As for Mike and I, well, we're learning just how quickly things can change. But the only thing that hasn't changed the entire time is God. God has been faithful through it all. He's the foundation of our lives. And on that firm foundation, we can find peace, joy, strength, and hope, regardless of what is happening from day to day. Thank you.